0: Good afternoon everyone and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the dark to light podcast with beans Frank is feeling a little bit under the weather today so I am taking it solo and praying because I was informed of this very early well not very early very late in my show prep and typically I prep for conversation dialogue back and forth I don't necessarily only prep for a solo show we're gonna have to cross our fingers and hope it goes well the topic the topic it's got to be this it's got to be this
1: covid was insane we just did stupid shit people did it differently i was traveling a lot during covid so like i'd go to places that were doing it all different you know you'd be in new york and they'd just be crazy about it they'd be like you got to be socially distanced and put your mask on and take 16 vaccines and all that shit." you know and (laughs) i know that gets weird because a lot of you people took the vaccine. I know you did. Don't, I'm not going to make fun of you. If you took the vaccine, I'm not making fun of you. Like, you're going to die, but I'm not going to make fun of you. I would never make fun of someone with six months to live. So but that's how they were in New York. They were crazy. Then I'd travel around. I went to Florida and they weren't even aware a pandemic was happening in Florida. they were like, what are you talking about? We would have heard. And they did better than New York. Isn't that crazy? That's the, that's where we're at as a country. We had a crisis. We put our best and brightest minds up to the challenge and they lost to Florida. That is not a healthy sign for a civilization. I apologize for every Florida joke I ever told in my life. And everyone just collectively freaked out for years. And then at a certain point, we just kind of stopped. We just stopped doing it. And there's still COVID. I'm positive right now, you know? like, <laughs> no one cares anymore. We just stopped and we're like, I don't know, I guess we're over it. It's- We're in trouble. I don't mean to be like a downer up here. Like everything's gonna be fine. You know, Biden's got it under control. I just, I'm saying there's some issues that we're facing, but Joe Biden, you look at him and you're like, finally, someone with a firm grasp of the issues is at the helm. I trust him. I trust him to take us home. I like Joe Biden as president. I do. And I mean that, not being sarcastic. I actually really love him as president. I think he's the man for the job. He's the perfect, he is the perfect representation of where we're at as a society. If someone who didn't know anything about America was like, where's America at right now? You'd be like, right there. That's where we're at. This president made of tissue paper is basically, that's what we've got for you.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. This is Dave Smith for everybody that doesn't know. Dave Smith, definitely check him out. Specials available. I'll link it in the show notes below. But listen, we are in a very interesting place. A- I know that everybody knows about Operation Mockingbird, but I've got some RFK to inform you further.
2: Provision of the CIA charter that says that the CIA cannot propagandize the American people. President Obama adopted in 2016 that essentially reopened the door for Operation Mockingbird so that the CIA began once again to, um, to propagandize American And people. how are they doing that President? High-level intelligence officials are, or people associated with the intelligence industry, are running those journals, like Noah Schlackman, who runs uh, Olingstone, who came from Daily Beast. Daily Beast was run by John Avalon, who, was, you know, who has deep ties to the intelligence uh, agencies. And even journals like Smithsonian, and Smithsonian, and uh, National Geographic, Nature, um, The Washington Post, The New York Times, appear to be uh, compromised by the CIA. We know from the, from the um, Twitter files that both the FBI and CIA were operating portals within the uh, Twitter and Facebook that allowed them to manipulate information and to do, to deplatform people and to you know silence certain people that they didn't like in those in the social media. Operation Mockingbird it was a an operation to compromise American journalists. There were uh, some 400 uh, editors, journalists, um, from you know all the largest publications. The New York Times had been compromised. Um, the Washington Post was. What do you mean by compromised? For people who. Well, were they were functioning. The high-level people at those, at those journals were actually were working for the agency or had you know signed, uh, secrecy agreements with the CIA. And at CBS, ABC, NBC, after seventy-five, when it all came out, you know, during the Church Committee hearings. The CIA promised that it would no longer compromise American journalists. It continued the program to compromise journalists all over the world. And today, the CIA is the biggest funder of journalism in the world.
0: This is true. And you can look it up. They publish it. They tell you what they're doing. They always tell you what they're doing. Understand. You guys all understand. Independent media is ridiculously important. We're back to the masks, guys. Spoiled, rich Hollywood celebrities with their masks virtue signaling to everybody. Be like the woman we opened up the show. We're back to this. Hollywood Studio brings back mask mandate amid amid spike in COVID cases. There have been spikes in COVID cases every single month or every three months or so for the past three years. Nothing has changed. And the only way that we're going to make a point is by not complying. And I have been screaming about this on social media because it's really easy to say, oh, you know, listen, it's just a a mask. If I have to go into the doctor, if I have to go to the supermarket, I need to get food, just a mask. It's just a mask. It was just two weeks. It was just a mask. It was just, you can't go see your grandmother at the nursing home. It was just, You can't go to funerals while George Floyd has 700 million of them on television right in front of your face. It was just, they need to be in ICU, isolated. Nobody can see them. It was just, just take the vaccine so we can get back to normal life. It was just, just, just. We cannot just anymore. And I posted that in the wake of all of this. Greetings, faculty, staff, and students. Effective immediately, Morris Brown College has reinstated its COVID-19 mask mandate due to reports of positive cases among students in the Atlanta University Center. Can I ask you in the audience, and if you're listening live at home or, or recorded at home on podcast, how many of you have gone out and gotten a COVID test recently? Anybody? Anybody? How many of you have talked to your neighbors recently and had your neighbors tell you, there is no way that I'm doing this again? How many? Probably a lot. Sticking that swab up your damn nose so that you can just go to work. Remember, this is why Kyle Serafin had his problem begin, COVID. Then there's this, Justin. Traveler from Japan tests positive for COVID variant BA2.86 in Virginia, the second case of the new variant in the United States. When I read this, I stopped for a second. I had a number of questions and I wanted to lay them out for you guys today. Number one, when did we start genetically sequencing random COVID passengers that landed airports in the United States? When did that begin? How did they pick this person? Where, when did they get here? Why does it matter that they're the second COVID case in the United, why does that matter? Why is this variant matter so much? Is it, you know, I know it's got 36 mutations from the original, who is that most detrimental to? If you listen to our Monday show, you'll have some idea of who it's most detrimental to. I have an op-ed coming out for Highwire within the next couple of days, probably, that talks about this very thing. I have so many theories floating around in my head. One of which is, is this, and, and this meme floating up on this on the screen right now is just apropos. It's perfect. It's perfect. W- First of all, back to the question set. When, when did this person arrive? Why were they singled out for testing? Did they self-report? Did they randomly pick somebody off the plane to swab their nose? How is this person doing? Are they in the hospital? Or are they not in the hospital? Do they even exist? Why are they reporting it as news? They never report this stuff as news anymore. What is happening? What is happening? Either this is one big cover-up because there's about to be folks that have been four and five times vaccinated that are in for a hell of a time with a new COVID variant and they can't risk that cover being blown that they've so desperately tried to keep the lid on for for months. And again, it all goes, it, it all loops together and I skipped a slide here. Well, I had a, I had a comment up that I wanted to showcase. Of course, it's not in the right order. Bear with me. But basically what happened was I said, don't comply, please don't comply. And this is why, you know, we can't comply with this again. We cannot allow this to happen again. This is not something that any of us can, can do. And somebody said in my comments, if employers start mandating this, People have to comply. They have to. If they don't comply, they'll lose their livelihood. They'll be, you know, not able to work and people can't do that. And I say we have learned absolutely nothing. If I were in a job like that where I was in a corporate environment, And I knew that most of my, you know, my fellow employees were just as frustrated about this nonsense. Forget the fact that obviously we all know at this point that masks don't work. It is common knowledge among everyone that masks don't work. Don't pretend it's not. This is a control mechanism. That's what this is. It's a control mechanism to force people into compliance. Find key people in your organization with a set of balls And if they don't have them, make them. If you find your logistics coordinator, your CFO, your, you know, even people that work in human resources, people on the line for goodness sakes, people who answer the phones and all band together and declare you will and shall not mask again. Let them fire all of you and see how quickly their business goes under. No, I will not remove the FU guy. He's staying on the screen. I know it's distracting. There, we'll put Scott Gottlieb up for you so you're happier. It's distracting. It is incumbent upon us to not repeat the mistakes of the past. And the recent past. This isn't, you know, we're not talking six years ago, seven years ago. We're talking literally last last year. How quickly we all forget. Wanted to play this clip. I want to tell. I want you guys to tell me when we start this clip on Face the Nation. When you would stop listening if if I weren't making you listen to this fear mongering about the new variant. Listen to this, here we go. I'll tell you when I stopped. For a look at some health concerns on
3: the horizon as we approach the end of summer, including a rise in COVID cases and questions about updates to vaccines, we're joined now by former FDA commissioner, Dr. Scott Gottlieb. He also sits on the board of Pfizer and it's great to have you here in person, doctor. That's it. He also sits on the board of
0: Pfizer. If that doesn't tell you everything you need to know, I can't help. He also sits on the board of Pfizer. Well, isn't he so established and and, and well-versed to tell us why it is that we should be scared? Here, let's listen to the rest of what he says.
3: I want to start on some news we got Thursday. Uh, The CDC announced a highly mutated strain of COVID has just shown up in Michigan, BA 2.86. How concerned does the public need to be? Well, right now,
4: I've talked to a number of virologists who are usually pretty staid, and they're pretty concerned about this. Right now, it doesn't appear to be spreading widely. There is um, seven strains that have been identified and sequenced in five different countries, so the UK, Denmark, Israel, and now in the US. We don't know whether or not this has been spreading quietly, and we just didn't detect it, or it's something that's spreading very quickly. The concern is that when you look at these different strains that have been identified, they're genetically very similar. So that suggests that it's probably spreading simultaneously in multiple countries. Whether or not this is gonna be more transmissible than what we've seen before, that's the key question. Certainly at this point, it doesn't appear more pathogenic, so it doesn't appear to be more dangerous.
0: Oh, why then? Why then? Why? It doesn't appear to be more dangerous. Why? Why are we even talking about it? Ask yourselves, why are we talking about this now? I'm going to talk about it so that hopefully someone can share something with the friend that they learn. We're going to get into vaccines in the second half of the show, and you do not want to miss what I'm going to be doing with you for the second half. Trust me.
4: But it may be more transmissible than the strains that are circulating now, and in that case, it could overtake them. It's too early to know. Um, The testing's underway. I think we're going to know a lot more in a week or two, but... To, again, put this in perspective, this new variant is as genetically different from Omicron as Omicron was from the original strain that emerged in Wuhan. So this is a highly mutated variant.
3: And that set off some alarm bells at that time. So we will watch this. But for people at home who say, oh, my gosh, I've heard someone has COVID, the strain that's causing most infections is not this one.
4: Right. So right now, the two strains that are circulating
0: They have no idea they're not randomly testing people like the japan airport guy or the japan plane traveler they don't really know what's circulating honestly they have no clue this is nonsense they don't know they don't know anything
4: causing most of the infections is what's called EG5. People have probably heard about that. It's called the era strain mm-hmm. and this other strain FL151. They both have a very similar mutation in them called the 456 mutation that allows them to pierce the immunity that we've acquired oh. from prior infections and also from prior vaccinations. So people are getting infected with that. The good news is, is that where we are right now relative to where we were last summer when BA5 was spreading is a lot better. So there's far fewer infections. We have probably roughly about 600,000 infections a day happening based on the modeling work that's been done.
0: Modeling, does everybody trust the models? How many of you trust the models?
4: Looking at wastewater data, and there's about 10,000 people that have been hospitalized in last week. And to compare that to last year, last year at this point we had 40,000 people hospitalized and we were running probably about 1.2 million infections a day.
0: Well, for those- So really, there's not much COVID around, is what he just told you. I am still very lost. That's to the point of why we are all masking up again. Does anybody get it? Strains. There
3: is a booster shot that I know Pfizer has talked about coming to market soon. It's still not um, available. When do we expect it, and does it protect against these?
0: Before we even get into that, I want to explain something to you about why Pushing this vaccine through the way they did was bad. They're never going to run another safety trial on it because they're using the same technology and changing little bits and pieces of the gene encoding for the new virus. Like they're changing, they're changing little bits and pieces of how it works, but not the overall tech. So they're going to now say this is safe. Let's use it for flu. This is safe. Let's use it for RSV. This is safe. Let's use this for pneumonia. This is safe. Let's. That's why. The. Regulations being removed. From how this went through safety testing. Was a terrible, terrible, terrible mistake. This technology in this way had been tested on eight people in the entire world just shortly before COVID made its appearance on the world stage by DARPA
3: variants.
4: Right, so the data looks like the new booster, which is based on BA 1.15, which was the strain that emerged last spring, Mm -hmm. looks like it will protect against these new variants. Now, my guess is these new variants, this infection rate from
0: So it has 36 mutations, but the new booster based on the old variant will protect against this one, but it pierces through natural immunity. The line of nonsense dripping from this man's mouth right now is just, I'm not even finishing this. 60 colleges still enforce draconian COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Michelle Edwards and myself for the high wire. As students across the nation head back to college, the majority of them are most likely not thinking of COVID-19 vaccines, let alone the draconian COVID-19 vaccine mandates that lock down the entire world. Yet, despite the CDC declaring the end of the COVID-19 public health emergency, as of August 10th, nearly 60 colleges and universities in the United States still require the dangerous gene-damaging COVID-19 jab to attend school this fall. Rutgers University is set to disenroll students that fail to comply with the mandates. As per Brownstone. Santa Clara University mandates students to take mRNA COVID shots for 2023 school year or withdraw. What do we want to do? What do we, here it is, this is it. People that need their jobs and don't have other options for their children's schooling When employers and schools implement these directives, many, maybe most people have to comply because they're not financially independent. Noncompliance would bring significant hardship. Somebody in my pre-show today said, oh, yeah, when those founding fathers fought for liberty, remember how they did it with absolutely no hardship and no problem? I want to show you something. I had it later, but I want to show it to you now. Those colleges are mandating the, the shots. The, the White House is going to demand the shots again for this new variant. I don't understand how they think everybody is going to just roll up their sleeves when uptake has dropped significantly. But I guess they feel like if they scared the, the bejesus out of enough people, they can further eliminate the control group this is just the past eight months and that is why i'm wearing this shirt today i am tired of seeing people harmed this is a hill i stake my flag on let's watch Dell big tree
5: own this is what's been happening in our news
3: He was playing a pickup soccer game when he collapsed and went into cardiac arrest. He died at the hospital. The Northwestern High School basketball player who collapsed during a game last week has passed away. That high school varsity football player on Long Island who collapsed on the field, the family says He is going to be taken off of life support and his organs will be donated. The 17-year-old cross-country athlete at Geyer High School, he walked into this bathroom after a workout with his teammates and never walked back out. His coach found him. They don't know how long he was down, but seconds matter during a cardiac event. CPR was performed, but it was too late.
1: Elijah Jordan Brown Garcia was involved in light football drills last Friday here on the field at Westside Park. He collapsed right near his younger brother. are still waiting for a report from the medical examiner to find out how this 12-year-old died.
3: Leo Delgado had collapsed on the court during a basketball tournament at Mass Premier Courts in Foxborough. The Haverhill 17-year-old had had a seizure and then
0: his heart stopped. 15-year-old Kanan Dickman collapsed on the high school track during soccer practice. Kanan survived cardiac arrest but his heart needs to rest. He's wearing a life vest. that's attached to him at all times. It alerts him of any issues, shocks him if necessary, and sends out calls for help. Mother of a player on the team
3: performed life-saving CPR until the ambulance got there. But in the ambulance, Piper lost her pulse again. 19-year-old Liam Mildenstein. He collapsed backward and died about an hour later.
2: Hello, I wanted to provide an update on um, my son's condition. He is still on life support. He is very likely to need a, a heart transplant. The official diagnosis is myocarditis. Collapsing during afternoon practice, Ebony had suffered the dreaded Widowmaker heart attack. And less than two weeks later, she underwent a heart transplant.
3: The teen was playing basketball when he went into cardiac arrest.
1: Basketball player collapses. The student athlete collapsed. 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 Bronny James suffered cardiac arrest while at a practice. Oscar Cabrera died this week after an apparent heart attack. Cabrera is believed to have suffered from myocarditis. Social media posts surfaced in which Cabrera suggested he developed the rare heart disease after he received two doses of a COVID vaccine. Ash was
0: very healthy up until um, two and a half weeks ago, and he's been vaccinated. I was wondering, like, why, he, why he was so healthy, and
2: then, and 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 I, when I left him in the hospital, he was fine, and then. Um, and then a couple days later he's on life support and on ventilation and you know his his heart's um, damaged he was live on air when shaka hislop suffered a medical emergency
3: Alyssa carlson suddenly collapses during the live 7 a.m broadcast now Nairman, i'm looking at uh, after the, the, the day families are pushing feds to
0: pushing the feds to Sorry, Airman. I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling very well right now, and I'm about to. S-
1: okay, we'll come back to and- me right now, and we'll make sure that Jessica, you are doing
2: okay. Good bipartisan Cooperation and a string of. Uh,
1: Jamie Foxx, now reportedly recovering at a physical rehabilitation center. Specializes in treating patients with stroke and brain injuries. And every once in a while, I just burst into tears Is because I went to hell and back.
0: Tomorrow morning, Eon Sanders is set to have emergency surgery to fix blood clots in his legs. Corey Kelly recovering this morning after collapsing in public, reportedly now being treated for blood clots. they yes. know, you know, why he went into cardiac arrest? Doctors just yet? No, they don't. He doesn't have any health issues or heart issues in the past. At just 18,
3: Lexi went into sudden cardiac arrest. Her doctor still
1: doesn't know why. Liam had no known health issues. Didn't really have much symptoms. Never really thought anything was wrong. He didn't have any underlying health issues, anything.
3: Ebony's had a heart attack and a heart transplant. She's a kid who's never been sick a day in
0: her life.
1: I opened the paper and I saw this girl had died unexpectedly. A 33 year old actor, model, artist, wow. and she woke up and died. And they're not sure why. Teenage hockey player who died on the ice. Collapsed and then died. Died, died. 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 Died, 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 died. Who knows? Young people are dying these days.
0: What are you going to do? Are you going to allow this to continue? Or are you going to do everything you can to stop it? Are you going to keep screaming and educating people? Or are you going to comply and wear your mask? Every single one of us has an opportunity to save somebody. Every single one of us has an opportunity to embrace those who have experienced this. I know that it's it's um, easy to say, you know, well, you know, I didn't do it. You had an option. A lot of people were really lied to and they've lost everything. They've lost friends. They've lost family. They've lost loved ones. A lot of people have lost their livelihoods. A lot of people haven't. And made the decision, cost-benefit analysis, what they wanted to do. Do I want to keep seeing my family? Do I want to keep my job? We are at a juncture right now where we have an opportunity. And being weak and cowardly is not an option. We cannot continue to do that. If we have been in the past, if we have been strong and, you know vocal and, and boisterous about it, we have to continue harder you can't comply your way out of tyranny you can't and do not politicize this this is a global catastrophe it's a crime against humanity we need to speak up and stop it like really seriously do our part There is no more waffling that should be acceptable. And from here, I'm going to bring you through something that is going to really pay for you to understand in the months to come. Who is Stanley Plotkin? This is going to get data intensive in a way. It's a deposition. But it's really important that everybody pay attention. I will put the link to this thread in the show notes today for you so that you can send these videos, you can download them, you can send them out to whoever you want. We're watching this entire thread of videos. One of them is 10 minutes long. I want you to carefully listen as attorney Aaron Seary deposes the godfather of vaccines. Not just COVID vaccines, vaccines in general. And I know that that has been a very controversial topic for many, many years. I have been speaking out about the dangers of vaccines for many, many years. We're gonna hear data and facts in this next set in the show that is going to alarm you. We're going to hear his responses to questions. Uh, Frank and I had interviewed uh, attorney Aaron Seary, who works for ICANN, the informed uh, consent action network run by Del Bigtree. Um, And this deposition came from one of the cases where he and he's on this crusade for for very many years. It's not new for him. And I want everybody to be informed by this. It is really important. Let's take a little journey together, shall we?
1: It is my great honor to use the Stanley Plotkin gavel to open this meeting.
5: Our good friend and colleague, Dr. Stan Plotkin.
2: Dr. Plotkin. Virtually every country in the world is affected by his vaccines.
5: He was involved in pivotal trials on anthrax, oral polio, rabies vaccine. Rubella vaccine, the rotavirus vaccine, rabies. He has earned the Distinguished Physician Award of the Pediatric Infectious Disease Society, the Finland Award of the National Foundation for Infectious Diseases, the Hilleman Award of the American Society for Microbiology, the French Legion of Honor, and the Bruce Medal in preventive medicine. He's a member
2: of the Institute of Medicine and the French Academy of Medicine.
3: One of the very special things about him is the global impact that he's had, not just from the products, but from his book.
5: He developed the standard textbook for vaccines in 1988. Bill Gates calls his book a Bible for vaccinologists.
6: I hope you all have uh, indeed have read the book, uh, and I hope it's more accurate than the Bible.
5: He trained just a generation of scientists, including myself, to
2: to think like he thinks.
0: Who is Stanley Plotkin? There's some Stanley Plotkin intro. Here we go. The use of aborted fetuses in vaccine under oath in deposition. When asked how many fetuses Plotkin has worked with, he initially says two. Aaron Seary guides him through his own studies and how they were used. Hold on to your hats.
5: In your work related to vaccines, uh, how many fetuses have been part of that work? My
6: own personal work, two.
5: I'm going to hand you what's been marked Plaintiff's Exhibit 41. Okay. Are you familiar with this article, Dr. Plotkin? Yes. Okay. Are you listed as an author on this article? Yes. Okay. This study took place at the Wistar Institute, correct? Yes. You were at the Wistar Institute, correct? Yes. How many fetuses were used in the study described in this article?
6: Uh, Quite a few.
5: So, this study involved 74 fetuses, correct? I don't remember exactly how many. Turn to page 12 of the study. Yeah, 76. 76. Mm -hmm. And uh, these fetuses uh, were all three months or older when aborted, correct? Yes. Okay, and these were all normally developed fetuses, correct? Yes. What organs did you harvest from these fetuses?
6: Well, I didn't personally harvest any, but uh, a whole range of uh, tissues were harvested um, by
5: uh, co workers. Okay, and these pieces were then cut up into little pieces, right? Yes. And they were cultured? Yes. Okay. Um, some of the pieces of the fetuses were pituitary gland that were that were chopped up into pieces to... Mm-hmm. Okay. Included the lung of the fetuses? Yes. Okay. Included the skin? Yes. Kidney? Yes. Spleen?
6: Yes. Heart? Yes.
5: And, and tongue? <laughs> uh,
6: yeah. I don't recall, but yeah, probably
5: yes. I don't know what's funny um, about that. So, I just want to make sure I understand. In, in, in your entire career, and this was just one study, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask you again. In your t- entire career, how many fetuses have you worked with? Um, well, I don't remember the
6: exact number, but uh, quite a few when we were studying them uh, originally before we decided to use them to make vaccines
5: have any sense? I mean, this one study had 76. How many other studies did you have that you used aborted fetuses for? Oh, I, I don't remember how many. You're, you're aware, are you aware that the, one of the uh, objections to vaccination by the plaintiff in this case is the inclusion of aborted fetal tissue in the development? of vaccines and the fact that it's actually part of the ingredients of vaccines? Yeah,
6: I'm aware of those objections. The uh, Catholic Church has actually issued a document on that which says that individuals who need the vaccines should receive the vaccines regardless of the fact and that uh, that, uh, um, I, I think it implies that I am the individual who will go to hell because of the use of aborted tissues which I am glad to to do
0: Hmm? I'm glad to go to hell I'm glad glad to do it
5: okay do you know if the mother is Catholic
6: I have no idea okay
5: Uh, do you you take issue with religious beliefs yes Okay. Uh, you've said that quote vaccination is always under attack by religious zealots who believe that the will of God includes death and disease? Yes. You stand by that statement? I absolutely do.
0: I absolutely do. Okay. Keep watching, please. Keep watching. The Hep v- B vaccine. The Hep B vaccine given to newborn babies on their first day of life. Listen to the father of that vaccine talk about it here.
5: Dr. Plotkin, earlier you, you testified that there are two hep B vaccines in the market, one uh, by Glaxo, GSK, that's Endrix-B, and the other one is by Merck, Recombivax hb right? Yes. This is the product, the manufacturer insert for Recombivax hb correct? Yes. And the clinical trial experience would be found in section 6.1, correct? Correct? Dr. Plotkin? Yes. Okay. Uh, in section 6.1, when you look at the clinical trials that were done pre-licensure for Comavax HB, how long does it say that safety was monitored after each dose?
6: Uh, let's see. Uh,
5: five days. Is five days long enough to detect an autoimmune issue that arises after five days? Uh, No. Is five days long enough to detect any neurological disorder that arose from the vaccine after five days? No. There is no control group, correct?
6: Uh, It does not mention any control group, no.
5: No. If you turn to Section 6.2, under immune system disorders, um, does it say that there were reports of hypersensitive reactions, including anaphylactic, anaphylactoid reactions, bronchospasms, and Udicaria having been reported within the first few hours after vaccination. Yes. It, have there been reports of hypersensitivity syndrome?
6: Yes, that's what it states. Uh,
5: does it reports of arthritis?
6: Um. It is mentioned. Okay.
5: It also reports uh, autoimmune diseases, including systemic lupus. Uh, Erythematosis, lupus-like syndrome, vasculitis, and polyteritis, nidoza, as well, correct?
6: Uh, Yes, that's what it states.
5: And also it states that um, under the nervous system disorders, it states that um, after that there have been reports of Guillain-Barre syndrome, correct? Yes. As well as multiple sclerosis exacerbation of multiple sclerosis, myelitis, including transverse myelitis, Mm -hmm. seizure, febrile seizure, peripheral neuropathy, including Bell's palsy, radiculopathy. Radiculopathy. Thank you very much. Um, uh, uh, Muscle weakness, hypothesia, and and encephalitis, correct? Correct. These are uh, events that are reported after vaccination. And, and as just, we've just discussed, in order to establish whether it's causal between the vaccine and the condition, you need a randomly a, a randomized placebo controlled study. But yes. that was not done for the hep- this hepatitis B vaccine before licensure was it? No. Okay. <clears throat> and given that the vaccine now appears on the CDC's recommended list, isn't it true that it would now be considered unethical to conduct such a study today
6: um it would be yes it would be ethically difficult
0: okay remember what i said about how the mrna technology went through they'll never check its safety again they never did a placebo-controlled study to approve hep b and you heard the list of side effects that were, Dr. Plotkin. that were talked about by Plotkin and and Aaron Siri. This one is long, but it's very important. I want you to listen very carefully. It's long, but it's very important. Please, please listen to this.
5: Plotkin, has there ever been a study which looked at the total health outcomes of children following the CDC's vaccination schedule? And those who are completely unvaccinated, such as Faith?
6: Not that I'm aware of.
5: Why has that study not been done?
6: Probably because uh, it is considered bad malpractice not to vaccinate a child.
5: So you're saying a prospective study is, might be improper because it will leave a child unvaccinated? Correct. Okay. What about a retrospective study?
0: So what he's saying there, just to interject for a second, is that they can't do a study to compare what the outcomes health-wise of unvaccinated people are, unvaccinated kids, because it's malpractice not to vaccinate the kids. Now he's going to ask him about other studies. Somebody asked me, what's the point? The point is, there there are several points. I'll, I'll round them up at the end. You need to hear this please.
6: That I suppose could be done, but it wouldn't be randomized.
5: You're familiar with the vaccine safety data link? Yes. Are you aware that there are a few thousand children that are, my understanding, completely unvaccinated in the VSD? Oh, I I don't doubt it. Okay. Couldn't uh, the vaccine safety data link be used to conduct a retrospective vaccinated versus unvaccinated study to look for health outcomes? Well, I don't know. Um, uh,
6: theoretically, perhaps, but uh, one would have to um, uh, be convinced that the children were, uh, were compar- comparable in, in other ways besides being vaccinated or unvaccinated. Okay.
5: Every time you do a retrospective study, that you always need to control for potential co-founders, correct? Correct. And that's what you're talking about, controlling for co-founders, right? Yes. CDC, pharma, they conduct studies all the time, right? Yes. Yes, including studies that have um, co-founders that need to be controlled for, right? Yes, Vaccines, try, st- yes. Vaccine studies... Uh, especially for efficacy, happen all the time, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, Dr. Plotkin, I'm going to hand you uh, what's being marked as Exhibit, Plaintiff's Exhibit 23. Whoops, I'm sorry.
0: Listen carefully. We're getting there. Do
5: you, Dr. Plotkin, what's an ICD 9 code? Well,
6: it's, it's uh, essentially a way of coding diseases for usually for uh remuneration purposes
5: okay so when a a doctor administers a drug or diagnoses as a patient or something similar there is a code that they would enter yes. into the system right yes and the icd-9 codes are published by the american medical association correct yes okay so if you go to the second page do you see There's a code, V64.07? Yes. What is that code for? Uh,
6: Vaccination not carried out for religious reasons.
5: Okay. So, wouldn't it be feasible, for example, to compare children who have this coding, who are not being vaccinated, with those who are being vaccinated, who are in similar communities, have similar demographics, and otherwise avoid as much as possible other potential co-founders? Well, if
6: you could uh, eliminate the co-founders, it would be feasible.
5: Can you tell me a co-founder that's not easily to, easy to control for?
6: Um, in principle, one can control for any uh, uh, confounding uh problem so there's no reason uh, the, not to do it the the, the issue wait. would be uh, just how many there are and just how large a group you would need for statistical significance see that that's that's another issue i mean we accept uh, as a um, a valid conclusion something that is false five times out of a hundred and so uh, not only we have to try to eliminate uh, confounders, uh, but we also need repetition of studies to be sure that the results we got in the first study were not in the five studies that were false. Great.
0: They didn't do that at all for the COVID vaccines, but that's not what this is. Just wait.
6: In their conclusion. But, uh, so you would need multiple studies.
5: Okay. And and since these are retrospective, they're really just running data, right? Uh,
6: If the data are encoded, yes.
5: Okay. Um, So I I asked earlier what co-founder can you list that's not easy to control for, and I did not hear another co-founder. Can you tell me a co-founder in this proposed study that would not be easy to control for?
6: Uh, Exposure would be probably the most uh, difficult. Um, In other words, whether uh, a a child is living in a community where uh, exposure to disease is is rare or or absent uh, or whether a child is living in a community where um, there are uh, significant possibilities of exposure. I think-
0: so what he's basically saying is you can't control whether somebody's exposed to any of the viruses that they are vaccinating for. So that's a, conf- a co- uh, an, uh, you know, uh, an obstacle to running the study just based sheerly on data, not people. They have data at this point is what he's talking about. I'm playing this whole thing for a very important reason that you'll hear very, very shortly, but you need this background.
6: That would be probably the most difficult uh, to uh, account for.
5: When's the last case of polio in the United States, wild polio?
6: Oh, uh, I forget the exact year, but it's been probably 20, 25
5: years. Would 1979 sound correct to you? Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, so that, that wouldn't be an issue, correct? Explosion? No, polio would Polio's be an issue. Polio is making a comeback. Um, how many cases of diphtheria have there been in the last 10 years in the United
0: States? It's
6: very rare or absent. All
5: right. less than mm-hmm. five, right? Yeah.
6: So
0: there's two vaccines you can use. Um, we can. Isn't
5: that true for most of the uh, diseases, except for maybe pertussis, right?
6: Well, pertussis, uh, HIV, hepatitis, um, um, those are diseases that are still common.
5: Okay,
0: so if uh, we excluded
5: mumps um Mm
0: -hmm. so is leprosy go ahead leprosy is making a comeback in florida of all places
5: pertussis Mm -hmm. okay so since this is retrospective we would know where those outbreaks are right because they're they're very carefully tracked by the cdc Mm -hmm. correct yes since we know where those outbreaks are that could be actually probably pretty easily controlled for as well correct
6: in principle yes
5: Okay, so can you name me a co-founder that would be difficult to control for in the study?
0: No.
6: Well, at the moment, I can't think of uh, uh, any other that um, would be material, uh, although um, I think... um, uh, one would have to look at uh, genetic issues and um, um, uh, the health of other members and the family and so forth. Mm-hmm. But a- a- again, okay. uh, uh, I-, I am not saying that such a study is impossible. I'm just pointing out that it would be a very difficult study to do And the conclusions that you could draw from the study might be very limited.
5: I'm going to hand you what's been marked plaintiff's Here we go. uh,
0: 24. Here we go.
5: You'll see that it involves looking at total health outcomes between Mm -hmm. vaccinated and unvaccinated homeschool children. Yes. Go down to where it says allergic rhinitis. Mm. What is that?
6: Uh, well, it's essentially running those because of allergy.
5: Okay. Do you see that it says that the vaccinated children were 30 times as likely to have allergic rhinitis?
6: Yes, I see that number.
5: Do you see that it says that uh, vaccinated children were 3.9 times as likely to have allergies? Uh, yes. 4.2 times as likely to have ADHD. Yes. 4.2 times as likely to have autism spectrum disorder. Yes. 2.9 times as likely to have eczema? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 5.2 times as likely to have learning disability? Mm -hmm. Yes. 3.7 times as likely to have neurodevelopment disorder? Mm -hmm. Yes. And 2.4 times as likely to have any chronic condition? Yes. Okay. Um, Wouldn't you like to see a larger scale study that refuted these claims?
6: Uh, It would be ideal, yes. It would certainly be um
5: important to repeat the study so it at least calls for further similar studies um hopefully to either confirm or disprove the findings in the study correct
6: uh, yes mm-hmm. okay. yes so you i just, would agree
0: you just went through we just went through all of the ways that vaccinated children are worse off as per the study that he took nine ten minutes to try and say wasn't necessary or was impossible Based on existing data, based on existing data. This is really gonna
5: experimental vaccine. Yes. Have you ever used the mentally handicapped to study an experimental vaccine? Um.
6: I don't recollect ever doing studies in uh, mentally handicapped individuals. Um, uh, at the time, in the 1960s, it was not an uncommon uh, practice.
5: I'm, I'm not clear on your answer. I'm sorry. Did you, did you, have, you, have you ever used the mentally handicapped to study an experimental vaccine?
6: What I'm saying is I don't re- recall specifically having done that. But that um, in the 1960s, it was not unusual to do that, and I I wouldn't deny that
5: uh, I may have done so. Okay. There's an article entitled Attenuation of RA273 Rubella Virus in WI38 Human Diploid Cells. Are you familiar with that article? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that article, one of the things it says is 13. Seronegative, mentally retarded children were given RA twenty seven three vaccine.
6: Okay, well then that's in that case that's what I did.
5: Okay. Um, Have you ever expressed that it's better to perform experiments on those less likely to be able to contribute to society, uh, such as children with handicaps, than with children without or adults without handicaps? Um, I don't
6: remember specifically, but it's uh, possible. Uh, and again, I repeat that in the 1960s, uh, that was more or less uh, common practice. Um, I've since changed my mind, oh. but um, uh, those were—that was
5: a long time ago. Do you remember ever writing a, uh, to the editor of Ethics on Human Experimentation?
6: Uh, I don't remember specifically, but I. We're
0: going late. This is important. Do you
5: recognize uh, this letter you wrote to the editor? Yes. Okay. Did you write this letter? Yes. Okay. Um, Is one of the things you wrote? Um, The question is whether we are to have experiments performed on fully functioning adults. And on children who are potentially contributors to society, or to perform initial studies in children and adults who are human in form but not in social potential. Yes. Okay. It may be objected that this question implies a Nazi philosophy, but I do not think that it is difficult to distinguish non functioning persons from members of ethnic, racial, economic, or other groups. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um Have you ever used babies of mothers in prison to study an experimental vaccine? Yes. Have you ever used individuals under col- colonial rule to study an experimental vaccine? Yes. Okay. Did you do so in the Belgian Congo? Yes. Did that experiment involve almost a million people? Well, um,
6: Well, all, all right, I- yes. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. OK. If you're not disgusted by now. There's one more clip and then we'll end the show. The reason why I'm showing you all of this is because this is the evil that is underpinning the entire house of cards. And this is what they implement over and over and over again. And everybody needs to understand it. They were never proven safe. They experiment on the less fortunate. They experiment with aborted babies. And they don't even still know to this day. And they won't run studies. This was 2018 that this happened. Let's listen to the Do Vaccines Cause Autism clip. This is the last one.
5: I'm gonna. Hand you what's being marked as Exhibit 22. Okay. This is an excerpt from the IOM's report, Mm -hmm. right? Yes. Okay. And this is where the IOM discusses the evidence with regard to whether DTAP or TDAP cause autism, correct? Correct. Okay. If you turn to the second page, Can you read the causality conclusion with regard to whether DTaP and TDaP cause autism?
6: The evidence is inadequate to accept or reject a causal relationship between diphtheria toxoid, tetanus toxoid, or acellular pertussis containing vaccine and autism.
5: So the IOM reviewed the available evidence with regard to whether TDaP or DTaP can cause autism, and their conclusion was? the evidence doesn't exist to show whether DTAP or TDAP do does do or do not cause autism, correct?
6: Yes, but the, the, the point is that there are no studies showing that it does cause autism, except one study by two well-known anti-vaccination figures, Geyer and Geyer, who have no legitimacy whatsoever. So w- what they're saying is, that there's there is no evidence, and uh, uh, the important point, from my point of view, is that there is no positive evidence. Right. To do a, a proper study, as we've been discussing, uh, which would uh, uh, disprove it, would involve the controlled administration of vaccines and. Uh, withholding vaccines from children who should have them.
5: But since there's no evidence that DTAP or Tdap don't cause autism, you can't yet say that vaccines do not cause autism, correct? I cannot say that as a,
6: uh, as a scientist or a logician, but I can say
5: as a physician that no, they do not cause autism. Okay, so what you're saying is as a physician or logician, then you, you couldn't say vaccines do not you, you you could not say vaccines do not cause autism um, but as a pediatrician you're saying that you would say that to a parent because you want to make sure they get the vaccine is that right you know i can't be
6: sure that dtap doesn't cause leprosy that doesn't mean that
5: that stops me from using DTAP vaccine. Are are people compl- claiming that D, DTAP has caused leprosy?
6: Uh, I, are you aware I, of
5: any such complaints?
6: I'm not aware of any such complaints, but I wouldn't be
5: surprised to see it on the web one of these days. Okay, but 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 people have made enough complaints about DTAP Tdap causing autism that the Institute of Medicine at the Commission of HHS thought it was serious enough to do a scientific review, correct? Yes. Okay. If you don't know whether DTaP or Tdap cause autism, shouldn't you wait until you do know, until you have the science to support it, to then say that vaccines do not cause autism?
6: Do I wait? No, I do not wait, because
5: I have to take into account the health of the child. And, and so for that reason, you're okay with telling the parent that DTaP, TDaP does not cause autism, even though the science isn't there yet to support that claim?
6: Absolutely. I'm okay. also willing to tell them it doesn't cause
5: leprosy. Okay. I, I, again, did the IOM did the review whether DTaP caused leprosy? No. Okay.
0: Keep all of that in the front of your brain. That's not anybody's words, but the godfather of modern, quote, vaccination. I People ask me all the time, like, why are, you know, people don't understand why I'm so passionate about this health issue, health freedom in general. Um, I've, I've been this way for a very long time. People don't understand why this is my, stake it in the black, you know, stake my flag in the ground, no exceptions, issue. None of this is okay. That is not okay. What we just experienced is not okay. And nobody knows about this. People, parents going, having babies every day, most of them don't know about this. And I often say um, that while covid was a travesty and it continues to be a travesty we've talked about all show long why we need to stand the hell up loudly and not let this continue the one good thing to come out of it is that the ears and the eyes of so many including everybody in the audience who may not have known this stuff before are now wide open and we need to share this information that is the precursor to what is to come. What we just watched is the precursor to what is to come. How many kids is too many? How many kids is too many? Do you understand how this issue weaves its way into basically every other issue that we're dealing with today? It weaves its way into the abortion industry. It weaves its way into the education system. It weaves its way into the healthcare system, obviously. It weaves its way into big pharma. It weaves its way into established medicine, which then weaves its way into the bureaucracy and the government. Everything is connected. Everything. And we see the high wires in the chat. God bless you guys for the work that you do and will continue to do. I am honored to work with you. I'm honored to write for you. I'm honored to call you my friends. I really am. There's no other way I can explain it. Pay close attention to the work. If you want to go support them, please do. You can go to thehighwire.com. You can also click on... Let me just show you so you can see it. All of this will be in the show notes below today. You can click on I Can Here. You can join their newsletter. I highly recommend you do. Because every single day, there is something else coming out that they have accomplished. You have been listening to the Dark to Light podcast. You can hear us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 2.30 Eastern Time on TuneIn, Stitcher, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and RadioInfluence.com. Catch us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday live here on Rumble, Getter, and Twitter at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure if you are sitting around on a 7 p.m. on a, on a Monday through Friday, you check out Frank's show who's not here with us today at 7 p.m. on Rumble and Quite TV, We're going to be back here again on Friday. Take this information, share it with everyone you know. It is crucial to us moving forward. God bless you guys all.